we are not necessarily dealing with laws, but we're dealing with history. And history can teach you how to be before God sometimes equal to or even superior to that of the thou's and the thou shalt not. Because history is perfect. I told you about the tenses before. The past tense is also known as the perfect tense. Not because everything that happened in it was great, right? But that it's already done. The past tense is done. You know exactly what happened. And you can look at it and see if you're paying attention exactly where you need to go from here. So what's interesting is that we talked about this last week a little bit, that in world history, if you read the history that the Greeks put out about the Greeks, they don't tell you about any of their fault, frailties. They don't tell you about anybody who conquered them. That's not, if you look in Egyptian history, where they pull all this history off the hieroglyphics off the walls, they don't tell you nothing about Egypt's destruction. They certainly don't mention the people. They do mention some cataclysmic events. People don't mind writing that, you know, our city fell because the hurricane came, because, you know, they figure like, that wasn't people. So they don't mind writing about that. But when it comes down to the interactions of people, they get um, selective. They get selective. The beauty of our history is that the writers felt it important not only did they feel obliged, they felt it important to write down the pertinent points of our history, whether they were good or bad. This is something unheard of and unknown. And it is because you're writing the history about a people with the one and only true and living God. Say the word. Right? So we recognize what this is. And right now we're in the period of history where we are becoming a family and all of the different things that are going on. And we just, uh, Maury just taught you last week about how Joseph went down into Egypt. His brothers sold him off into Egypt. And the father, you know, had to send for food, and they went, and all of the stuff that happened. And if you remember how they last week said they ended, Joseph, recognizing what's going on, he, he's playing tricks with his brothers. 
And he puts the goblet in the, the sack of his brother and then sends them away. Chases them down and accuses them of theft. At that point, Yosef was the second most powerful person in that part of the entire earth. His power was unmatched by no one but Pharaoh himself. And here these brothers are, going back home to their Abba, full of food, great stories to tell. We eat with the, we eat with the governor. Abba, I don't know what happened, but the governor let us eat with him. They, they had stories to tell. Until that fateful moment when the servant said, you stole my master's cup. Then when they get back to Yosef, Yosef goes in further and goes, don't you know men like me will indeed be lying? I can see you. I saw you when you stole it. I saw you as you rode off. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yo, he, he that's one of my kids. I know how he was doing it. Didn't you know? Oh yeah. That I saw you. You know, he did it. He put it in. He's put work in. But now, this said there. What's this said there's name? What's the name of this said there? Why you not? And it means? And he drew near. Who drew near? There was this, there was this brother among the names Yehuda. And I want you to know a few weeks ago, there was a portion of history where it seemed abrupt and almost out of place. Where Yehuda's wife had died, and he went up to the shearing and got a harlot, and that whole story. And you, you might, what is that word? That's my So, what I've heard people talk about that situation to talk about our fathers and their baseness, because only they can see is themselves. I'm sorry, that's what it is. When people can only see base in a situation, that's because they can only see themselves, because that's who they are. That's where they come from. That's where they live. That's the place in their mind that they dwell. That portion of history was put into that, said there, not to talk about anything base. That portion of history was put in there to begin to show you the character of this man. Because at the end of the day, at the end of the story, right, when his daughter-in-law had come and 
and she gave him the stick and his ring and the blah, blah, blah. After he had already condemned her to death, he said, oh, she's more righteous than me. Now let me tell you what that says about his character. He was a man. Right? He was a man. He wasn't, you know, there's a lot of large male people. Even old large male people. But being a man, that's a whole nother category. Yehuda was a man. That's why when his brothers said that silly thing, I didn't want to get him. Kill my son too. Father looked at his oldest son and was like, You still don't get it, do you? But he let Yehuda take the boy because Yehuda said, This album, album, on my word, I got him. You know what that meant? That that man had been a man before his father recognized in him manhood. So now here comes Yehuda to address the sovereign, to tell him what he needs to tell him in order to save his little brother's life. Let's go. Let's read what this man said in the 44th chapter of the book of Bereshit, that is Genesis in the 18th verse, and it reads on this wise. And Yehuda came down to him and said, O oh my Lord, let thy servant, I pray thee, speak a word in my Lord's ear, and let not thy anger burn against thy servant, for thou art as terrible. My Lord asked his servant, saying, Have ye a father or a brother? And we said unto my Lord, We have a father, an old man, a child of his age, a little one, and his brother is dead. He alone, the blessed of his mother, and his father loved him. Thou said unto thy servant, Bring him down unto me, that I may set my eyes upon him. You know, every year we teach this said there, and someone goes, Oh, they told too much information. They didn't have to tell him he had a father. They didn't have to tell him he had a brother. Right here, see, everything is not written all in the same space. Right here, Judah says, You asked about that. See? You asked about that. We, we, we got to be careful how we deal, especially we deal from a, a position of having only the words that's in front of us when that's not always the whole story. I don't know whether y'all heard me or whether that means anything to you. But we get to start talking and pointing fingers and saying stuff because we think that we smart and it makes us sound like we smart and we start blowing and talking and we, what you need to do is watch your mouth. Because what Yehuda said was, you asked me about my father and my little brother. And I told and we told you. We told you. Because you asked. Right. Let's go. And we said to my Lord, the lad cannot leave his father, but if he leaves his father, his father would die. And you said unto your servants, except your youngest brother come down, you shall not see my face anymore. And it came to pass, when we came to thy servant, my father, we told him of the words of my Lord. And our father said, go again, buy us a little food. And we said, we cannot go down if our youngest brother be not with us. 
Then we will go down. For we may not see the man's face except our youngest brother be with us. As our servant, my father, said unto us, Ye know that my wife bore me two sons. <laughs> One went out for me, and I said, Surely he's torn in pieces. And I haven't seen him since. And if you take this one also from me and home before him, you would have brought down gray hair with sorrow to the grave. Now, now, I wanted to talk about family dynamic. This is what I really want to talk about today. I want to talk about family dynamic. Because sometimes we do things as people and we're so blinded by our own desire that we forget that our actions have ramifications that reach far beyond our own selves. Did you hear it? We are so entrenched in our own personal desires that we make excuses and find reasons to do things that are harmful to the family because it's what we want. And when someone approaches us about that thing, we have the nerve, the audacity, and the unmitigated goal to be offended. Well, y'all know me. Every so often, I'm offensive. That's just what it is. If I get too bad, the bad around will start clearing my throat. More will start whispering behind me. Chief, this is what he does on his book. I get all the signs. So, let the drama commence. Our family talking about starting with our father eats time had a situation that permeated time and generation. Yitzchak was convinced that Esau was the covenanted child. He was convinced of this not because he was, as the Moftir said, evil or stupid, but his father had told him that it's all about this seed. So in his mind, he was being compliant. And so the boy who would jump down off the rocks and kill the mountain goat with his bare hand, oh yeah, oh yeah. 
guy. I want to leave in charge of my seat. This is not the only problem was his wife told him. Heard that, fellas? That's right. His wife told him. Not so. I already went. Remember, I was having birth problems. I went. I inquired. And Yahweh gave me the answer. It's not that one. It's that one. But his own capacity wouldn't allow him to see it. And therefore, I'm just trying to tie some stuff up for you. And therefore, Jacob and Esau grew up as rivals. They were brothers, but they grew up as rivals. You heard what the Moftia said, you know, Avi said, don't fight. Then he told on himself, said, he complied, Avi wasn't there. Maury said, I ain't know nothing about that. They were smart. Well, I understand because in my family, fighting was like cussing at your mama or something. I remember me and my cousins off, I had a fight in the vestibule of my house on 223rd Street, Laurelton, New York. And as the parents found out that we had the fight, as each individual one found out about the fight, they gave us the beating. So first my mother beat us. And then she told my aunt that she beat us. Then my uncle beat us. And then when my father came home, all of a sudden my mother started slamming stuff. <laughs> oh, y'all thought that was okay. Y'all, oh Lord, y'all thought, and we sitting there like, <laughs> me and my cousin Zaka never ever again had no fight. There was no fight. Me and Shemem, we all had a little bit. That was counted with sin children, sin. And you better do it like you do temptations too. Because there was no fighting allowed. Because you had to be brothers and sisters, period. That was the end of the story. Sometimes people then go, I thought you said that was your cousin. This means you say your sister, yeah, my family, that's all interchangeable. All interchangeable. Sister, cousin, well, no, not. It's all interchangeable. Because the parents were interchangeable. 
Y'all laughing at me, I'm telling you the truth. Didn't matter. I said, Emo, whichever one turned around, that was good. You hear me what I'm telling you? So these boys grew up as rivals. It was a natural state of being to be rivals for them. Do you hear me? When he went back to his brother, he came back to his brother after all of those years in the mindset that his brother was going to fight him. And he was right, because his brother was coming that way. You don't come with 400 men when you come to make peace. You understand? When you make peace, you don't come with the gap and, and the thing. You don't come with the gap making peace. Right? So now Jacob, in coming back to his brothers, sets up his own children to be rivals. He separated them according to the love that he had for their mama. Not no more. He said, if this one get caught, maybe these are escape. But Rebel and Shimon and Levi and Yehuda, they, they was teenage boys and they could fight. Say what? They wasn't up front. The other, the other uh, four handmade children was up front. Younger. More vulnerable. Do you hear it? Yes. When you establish a rivalry, and, and, and I've listened to this in Israel, we don't even think about it. We laugh at things. Oh, that's just the way that one's children do. Especially men who have more than one set of children about Oh, that's the one that that's that, that. No. That, that's not that's not how you're supposed to do that. You are the like I like I used to tell people when they would tell you, well, you got you got Shakur by this one and that needs by this one. Look, they're all my children. They're all my children. And I'm not gonna love them no less because of who their mama is. They're all mine. What I'm telling you is that you cannot think that the things that you do are not going to affect them as they grow up and in turn make them to be the people that they're going to be and what's going to affect their children after them. You have to be cognizant of the fact that the actions that we take are real and important in the minds and in the actions of our family and our children. And when you set up yourselves to be rivals and enemies amongst one another, because a lot of times, and I'm going to say it, I listen to husbands, especially in polygyny. They want to they keep their wives from being mad at them. And that's, that, that's the paramount issue. It don't matter what's going on with them cotton-picking kids. I'm sorry. I tell y'all, I ain't heard no clearing throat, beating, nothing yet, so I'm good. 
I'm telling you, you can't do it this way. And it ain't just this side of the aisle, because you know what happens when you when y'all sisters get to doing the things that y'all doing too, between each other, because y'all want to make y'all want to make your husband like you the best. So you start doing stuff, and, 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 and the family start going crazy, and nobody's paying attention to the very gift that God has given you. Because you think that, you know, I'm, I'm listening to this, and I'm sick of it, because I've heard it too much in my life when it comes down to Israel, when they go, oh, our children are resilient. You just learned a new word and you want to say it. <laughs> Children are little tiny computers. What you put in, that's what you're going to get out. You teach them hate, they will hate. If you teach them to lie, they will lie. I don't allow my children to lie. But you're on the phone lying. And they're listening to you lie. They're listening to you lie to your husband. They're listening to you lie to your wife. Y'all don't want to hear this conversation, but it's all right. I'm going to keep saying it anyway. We're listening. You're listening. They're watching. When you get together with your friends and you're talking about that brother or that sister over there while your children are listening to you. I know y'all don't want to hear this conversation. I hear the love. I, I see it. You know, from up here, there's a whole different vantage point you can see. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I'm saying it because this is a time of trouble that Jacob hasn't seen yet. See, we think that we've come through, we slid through the slavery and the, and the debauchery and the beatdowns and the this, but before the redemption is going to come a time of terror that we have never, ever, ever, ever seen. And if we are not preparing ourselves by binding ourselves up mollifying the wounds, pressing the sores. We have to heal the stuff that's broken. We have to bandage up the stuff. You can't be disrespectful to your mother, to your father, to your grandmother, to your parents. I don't care what you think. Well, they not this, and they shut your mouth. Because God said that your days may be long. What? That's what he said. He didn't talk about their days. He said, honor them that your days could be long. What are you thinking about? Children, y'all don't even know what disrespect is anymore. 
Y'all ain't gotta answer me. But just think about it. How many people in this room text while other people are talking to them? Don't answer me. You don't even gotta answer me. Because you've, you've now come to a place where that's not disrespectful. That's just what we do. What do you mean? Oh, these are old fashioned. We, we, this is what we do today. We text and we talk. Because what we have decided is the things that kept us normal and sane and righteous and holy, those things are no longer fashionable because now we're in 2017. Not that 2017 that Imadina was talking about where she can count a milestone of a 50th wedding anniversary, a 70th birthday, a 34 years of being in law and all that. Not that, but 2017 means I don't have to do what you said do because you know, it's modern. SMH. Hello, well. Now, my children text me. Listen, use words. I don't know what that means. Right. I don't know what. I, and periods. I need periods. I need commas. Yeah. I need that because you know text text can you can write the same thing and because you put no commas and, and punctuations one can sound smart at the mouth and one can sound regular and when your kid texting you something and you're looking at it and first you're trying to decide whether you're annoyed But we don't want to talk about this because this is not comfortable. We don't ever want to talk about stuff that's not comfortable. Only time we want to talk about discomfort is when we talking about somebody. Because we, we, we're good at that. We're experts. We know how to talk about people. That's just what it is. And we think it's our responsibility. Just for you to know, if you think that I've committed a crime, and you decide that you're going to go across the aisle and go tell, I don't know, Shana, Shana ain't no judge. What you just did was, you was tailbearing. But it was the truth. It don't matter. No one said a tale didn't have to, couldn't be true. You don't know all the ramifications. You know what happened from yesterday to from the time you came in until that time. So you walk into the room and I'm beaten up somebody. Yeah. And you run and say, oh, you don't know what was happening. 
They could have they been at the door trying to be, break into the bathroom on Gabriel Rock, cussing at her. And you didn't know because she's still in the bathroom. You don't know what happened. Only you saw was I had dragged them in the middle of this floor and was trying to beat them till my hand broke. That's all you know. And what you saw was that that was the truth. That's what I was doing. But you start running and talking. You think there's a problem? You find judges. You find officers. And then you get out of it until they call you back. That's the way that works. No other way. No other way. So now, he's telling the story. I'm going to synopsize because I've been running my mouth. Joseph then says, see, he thought that was funny. That wasn't funny. See, I'm talking to you now, my son. That wasn't funny. Something's wrong. Thank you. Um, Joseph now is at this point. It's a snowblower. Everybody look at the snowblower because y'all need to look at the snowblower. Come on, look at it. There it is. It's red. It got handles. Blow snow. Y'all got a good luck? We can get back to this here? So now Joseph makes himself known to his brothers. Joseph makes this long speech and he tells, he tells his brothers, I, all of what you knew and all of what you did was the hand of God. Say the word. And he knew that. Yet and still, he was still compelled by his own desire to punish them that it didn't matter that he was killing his father in the process. Thank you. Did you hear it? You think he didn't love his father? Of course he loved his father. But his desire to punish them for an act that he had already recognized that was the hand of God, he still had the need to punish them above and beyond. They told him, taking the boy away from our father may kill him. Bring him away and giving you no food. That's what he said. Really? The father who made you the many color coat? The father who doted on you to the point that your brothers hated you and you loved it. Mm -hmm. You thought Joseph wasn't innocent. Nope. I know people may think Joseph wasn't innocent. He was what we call today um, a brat. Yes, God had given him the dreams, the bowing, and the this and the that. But if I already know you mad at me, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Say on. 
That dream didn't, didn't help. You could have just kept that all to yourself. But you needed to tell it. And then you, you got really out the box. Then the sun and the moon. And the 11 stars bowed down to me. Uh, me and Maury argue about this, but his mom and father did not bow down to him. Mm -mm. Huh? <laughs> his mama never bowed. His mama never bowed to him. At least it was never recorded that his mama bowed, and it was never recorded that his father bowed to him and just said he bowed his head on his bed as if, like we all do when we pray and stuff like that. They never said that he actually did. My only point is, you can get beside yourself. Mm -hmm. right, right, right. That's my point. Uh -huh. You understand? You can, get, you can get totally out of the box. If you are even, you know, look at this young man right here. I'm going to talk about you, Nathaniel, for a minute just because I can. Right? Nathaniel, he's a smart guy. Right? He's an engineer now. He's building a school. Clap for him. God bless him. Yes, right? But, but, you know, sometimes he like my son. They don't know when to close that mouth. <laughs> don't know how to just discreet. Always chippa 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 chippa. Why? I'm smart. Everybody know it. I'm saying. I know. Guess what? Hey. What I'm trying to get you to understand is that godliness means being kind to one another. So that when you find that there's something that is hurtful to somebody else, you don't do it just because you can. Especially when that's your brother. Especially when that's your father. Especially when that's your mother. Especially when that's your sister. Especially when it's your wife, your husband, and your children. Maury said to me, I called my son at the table. I said, boy, go give me such, such, such. And Maury slapped me and said, say please. Yep, that's right. And I stopped. I, I called my son back. I said, please. I was grown, quote unquote. But he grown up. And if I want my children to say please and thank you, they're going to say please and thank you because I said please and thank you. You can't teach them any other way. That's what God demands here. So now Joseph goes on and and uh, he cries and weeps and hugs his brothers. He 
secret, so I'm about to say it publicly just in case anybody that didn't know, y'all can talk about me later. It, it don't matter. They roll up on me, you listen to gospel music? Some of it. Yep. <laughs> Tell them why. I listen to it, because the Israelite music, I love it. Don't get me wrong. I love it. But Israelite music talks about how great we are. Right. And we want what we want God to do for us. And our situation. So forth and so on. <laughs> Got a couple of them that give thanks to God. And I, those, those are my favorite. Baruch Hashem right, right up in the top. Yep. Right? But when someone says <laughs> I never would have made it without you. See, I've been in that place. And I didn't have nobody or nothing to minister to my pain. And the man said, I would have lost my mind and I would have gave up if it had not been for you. But now I'm stronger and I'm wiser. I'm better. So much better. Because you were there for me. 
because you were there for me. That's what I need. I need to tell you that it matters what's going on in your mind. Don't think your mind doesn't affect how God thinks about you. One of the commandments is that you shall not covet. That's not a physical action. That's a crime in your head. That means what you're thinking matters. So if you're thinking hate and disgusting and terrible, it matters. Joseph finally came once he had satisfied all his little get-me's. When that man Yehuda stood up and reminded him of what it was that he had put at risk, he said he couldn't control himself no more. You know, he still had more planned. Oh, yeah. <laughs> The cup thing showed you he still had more stuff planned. He wasn't finished. But the man presented to his face what he had done. And he cried and he wept. Right? But when he started giving out stuff, now I want you to hear this now because some people don't think this means anything but when you started giving out stuff when he got to Benjamin he gave him five times as much there we go again. what you doing y'all were just supposed to be making up y'all were supposed to be understanding that y'all all one man's kids Why are you still putting separates? You, you got to see what it is. Some people don't even consider it. We don't consider what's happening and how it's going down. So now... Joseph sends for his father. He goes and tells Pharaoh, look, these are my brothers. My father's back home. I want to bring him down. Pharaoh said, get the, get the army. Get, get the parade going. Go get, get my other chariot. Get my stuff laden it with food, go get this great man and bring him back. Your whole family, come on down. Pharaoh was smart. Yes, sir. Very. Because if you are who you are, <laughs> you want to bring the whole clan of you, come on down. Right? 
you, 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 you got everything at your disposal. Come on down. Because, and your father's still alive? Come on down. So he goes down and they go to tell the father, and the father says, oh, Everything, all that stuff is cute. You said, My son is alive. Let's go. <laughs> right? Everything else that you said is cute. That was cute. Yeah, 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 yeah. Clap, 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 clap. Yeah. Shimon, cool. Yeah, everybody good. Let's go. Go see my son before I die. So now, they go, they tell you who went down into Egypt. There was a whole bunch of them. There were 70 souls that went down into Egypt. And there's some discrepancies with the numbers, but it don't matter. We all was there. Right? I've listened to four-hour arguments over who was actually went down and who went down and who didn't go down. And, I, and you know, sometimes I think I'm just simple. I'm, I may be simple-minded. Because all the time I'm sitting there listening to this erudite conversation, I'm sitting there saying to myself, that matters? We all was there. Everybody got there. Right? We all got there. Right? So now he tells everybody what's going on, and he settles them in Goshen. He tells them that. They can go to Goshen because he had set it all up. He didn't want his family raised in with the Egyptians. Message. Because what was going on is that he realized that these people and his people did not serve the same gods. He did not want his children and his nieces and nephews and all that host to get caught up in the Egyptian lifestyle so he used something here's a piece of history when Joseph was there the kings of Egypt the pharaohs were not Egyptians they were Hyksos people That's the word. right yes. so now they were also Semitic people right, right? so they had cows the Egyptians didn't have cows. They weren't shepherds. Why? Because the cow was one of their gods. So they didn't keep no cows as gods. You hear when Pharaoh tells him, look, um, and if you find anybody that's good, keep my cattle too. You already know he's not an Egyptian. Clearly. Clearly. Right? This Pharaoh is not an Egyptian. You got to see what was going on at the time. The Semitic people had come in and conquered. Because listen, everybody thinks about Egypt and they think about Egypt the way Cecil B. DeMille showed us on TV. Right? Oh, yeah. right. right? Good movie. But when your father was traveling, I'm talking about Abraham and Isaac was traveling, they tell you about the, the Egyptians and the Philistines. The Egyptians were no wildly great people bigger than the Philistines? I'm going to prove it to you in a minute. Yep. They were just another group that was out there. So now, here it is now, they're all going now, and everything that's happening, the years of plenty, is changing Egypt into the 
metropolis of the time. Yes. Because all of the people who surrounded the Philistines, the, the ites, you name them, 1 through 17, right? They all had to get to Egypt to eat. That means all the money of the, of the arena of the world is coming into Egypt. Yes? So now all of a sudden Egypt is transforming right while we're coming down and Yosef don't want his family to have no part of that. So um, he knew the Egyptians hated cattlemen. Clearly the Hyksos weren't dealing with the Egyptians as if they were slaves. They were a people that had enjoined themselves together, which was not uncommon in those days. When you see your, your cousin or your uncle, depending on which way you look at him, Esau, he went and got in with the Horites, yes? yes? And they made a great population and they made kings and so forth. It wasn't always about a conquering situation. Right. Sometimes it was a situation of, uh, 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 of symbiosis, yes? So that, or uh, uh, merger, that would be a nice word to say it. So that the Egyptians were still prominent in Egypt. And that's why when it said all the servants that Joseph had, they wouldn't eat with Joseph. Why? Because he's a Hebrew. What did that mean? He's a cattleman. We don't deal with nobody that deals with our gods like that. I don't care if he is Zafnat when they live forever. <laughs> So here they were, and I think this is about uh, one of my favorite lines in this, uh, in this portion. In the 47th, in the 47th chapter, we're almost done. In the fifth verse. Let's start there, 47.5. And Pharaoh spoke unto Joseph, saying, Thy father and thy brethren are come unto thee. The land of Egypt is before thee. And the best of the land make your father and your brethren to dwell. And the land of Goshen cause them to dwell. And if thou knowest any able men amongst them, make them rulers over my cattle. Yes, Tumshin. And Yosef bore in Yaakov over his father and set him before Pharaoh. And Yaakov blessed Pharaoh. Pharaoh said unto Yaakov, How many other days of the years of your life? Yaakov said unto Pharaoh, The days of the years of my sojourns are 130. Few and evil have been the days of the years of my life. They have not attained until the years of the lives of my fathers and the days of their sojourns. Uh -huh. Yaakov blessed part Owen went out from the presence of Pharaoh. Now, this is what I want to say. When our father Yaakov went before Pharaoh, do you notice that this book never says, and he came into the presence of Pharaoh, he bowed, and he did all of this? When he met Pharaoh, he came in and he blessed Pharaoh. I want you to think about what that says. That, put it on the table and do it, son. Put that table and that table. Um, 
When our father Yaakov went in before Pharaoh, the one who blesses is the one who is the authority. You got to hear me when I'm telling you. Pharaoh had came to know Yosef as a man of God. Yosef now tells Pharaoh, I, I, I'm not the man of God. I'm the son of the man of God. But here he is, the most blessed man on the planet, the one who God has spoken to, the one who God has blessed, Abi Yaakov. Joseph comes in and Pharaoh's mind has to tell him what's going on. Oh, yeah. You ever been around somebody you just know, you just feel like you go in their presence and you know you're clear. Right? You just walk into their presence. And you recognize that this is a person of God. Right? You knew it when you walked in their presence. You could just feel it. Your father, Yaakov, clearly walked with that kind of stature because when he walked into to the palace room, he blessed the Pharaoh. Think about what that says. God bless you, son. What you, what you got to talk about? That's right. Yeah. How old am I? I'm this age, and my years have been terrible. My fathers and them had better, a better life. And longer. And longer, yes. And now I'm going, I'm going home and going to bed now. <laughs> Bless you, and I'm gone. That's what God will do for you if you walk with Him. Uh -huh. I don't know whether you heard me. Today, right now, how many of you have experienced going in and it's your boss or somebody that's supposed to be superior to you and you go in their presence and you clearly realize that now all of a sudden, they're sending for you because they want to be in your presence. I know some of you in this room have had that experience. They want to be in your presence. They recognize, if you don't know which one is, they recognize that the things that God put in your mind and the things that God put on your heart is something that they need to attain to. It's funny. I'm just telling you, every day, every day, my boss comes and stands at my desk. And he, the people on the job, go, oh, so what was you talking to George about? I don't know, the weather, the this, the that. But he find a reason to stop by my desk every day. He wave at everybody, goes and says hello, but they go, yeah, he says hello, but he stops and talks to you and this and that. They don't know. Most of them come and go, especially when the holy days are coming. Um, 
what's this one about? <laughs> now, he's a Jew. Ish. Ish. <laughs> but he come and he want to know. He took the little picture that he, I, I didn't tell this man nothing. I told him I wasn't coming to his little soiree because I was going to D.C. I didn't tell him there was a picture. Find the picture. Oh, no. So now he put the picture up. I thought he just put the picture up at his job. He went and put the picture up in his house. I said, he come by and said, I was at my New Year's party, and everybody wanted to know how did I get a picture? Who are them people with the president, and why you got that picture? He says, that's my rabbi. <laughs> Listen to me. What I'm telling you, I remember I had someone who used to say to me, you must, this guy said to me one time, you must be the, like the grand poobah in your religion. And I said, true story, and I said, no, I'm the guy that carries the water and gets the napkins. And he said, what? I said, yeah, I'm the chief napkin water guy. He said, that's impossible. I said, oh, oh, oh. come on through. You see what I'm saying. You stay with God, and it becomes apparent. Let me tell you another secret. Staying with God and it becoming a parent will shame you into doing better, too. Amen. How many of you have ever had somebody on your job or in your circle tell you, you don't do that. You can't do that. And you realize that they're watching you. And all of a sudden, you find yourself becoming more and more aloof from all their nonsense and their stuff because they look at you in a better light than you see you. That's true. Yep, yep. Nobody know what I'm talking about? Yes, I know. I'm telling you that this is all about the thing that I started with, the family dynamic how we deal with each other, how we function with each other. It is a standard of righteousness that the Most High God will not allow to be diminished. I close this section with telling you this, ending this history. When the famine got so bad on the people, the people came up to Joseph and they bought grain, yes? 
They bought grain for the first year. They bought grain till their money ran out. The second year they came and said, well, we can't hide that we ain't got no more money. So we will sell to you our horses. Take those. Yosef took those, gave them food. He say nothing. What you gonna get by year three? Year three comes, and they come and they say, we can't hide from you that we have nothing else but our bodies and our land. How much for the land? That much? Here's your grain. So you survived the seven years. You survived in the seven years because now you have sold to Pharaoh not only everything you own, but you sold yourself to Pharaoh. Uh-oh. Now, listen to me what I'm about to tell you now, because some people get a little upset when I say this. But, you know, here we go again. It was your father, Joseph, who made Pharaoh the god of Egypt. It's a fact. Yeah. It's a fact. Absolutely. That's a fact. It wasn't that they declared this. If you as a singular entity own all the land, all the money, and all the animals, and the people, by definition, you own them. I was just thinking the same thing. I was thinking what Rofi is saying. You own them like the shirt on your back. I'm telling you, it was through this venture that Egypt became the great world power that we know in Cecil's movie. Right. Yeah. It was through this that now, what did the Egyptians have to do now? Nothing. There was nothing to work for because you couldn't even plant now. Think about this now. Right. By year three, they own nothing. Everything belonged to Pharaoh. They still had four years to go. There you go. Four years where you couldn't have planted a seed and nothing was growing up. So what you doing for four years? Freeloading. No, 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 no. Yosef got a better plan. Yosef says this. Listen, you sold me your land. I don't want you too attached. Right. You live in California? Good. You move into New York. Pick up your pick, pick up your bag. Cause that's all you got. Pick up your bag. You don't own nothing. The house is mine. The business is mine. Everything mine. Pick up your bag. There'll be a transport. You can, you can't afford it, but I, I got your transport. And we're gonna move you to the other side of the kingdom. Uh huh. So all the eastern folk went to the north, the, I mean to the west, the northern folk went south, the southern folks went there. The middle, the middle people, they 
dispersed in the corners. They, what, they, what am I saying? He made sure that you were definitely not on your property or what used to be your property. Because now, you know, when you when you own your land, even though you sold it, you still feel this ownership. Right? But now you're in, the, in some foreign territory. Uh, you got you're being allowed to live there because you don't own anything and the only people that can own something are the priests. You remember going forward just for a minute? Just think about it. When Moshe rolls in and people got to talk to Pharaoh about what he's doing, it was the priests that could tell him because they were the only ones that didn't feel like slaves. Yep. They had a free mouth. Because they still own stuff. It was your father who did that. And I don't mean it in a negative way. I'm saying... The Israelites made Egypt great. While they run around all these open tips and hippo nips and everybody pounding their chest talking about the great Egypt. The great Egypt wouldn't have been nothing without the Hebrew. Just know how it went. Right? Just like all the rest of them. Just like all the Egypt. This one, Babylon, you name them. Every hegemony in the earth has had you to make it great. Trying to tell you your God set it up this way. So now Jacob bought everything for Pharaoh. He now owns everything. Everything is good. He got the people in the land. And now, simply put, all that they gotta do is have a renaissance. Y'all not y'all don't hear it? They tell you that Egypt was the greatest mind and it came up with the math and, and they did all of that. And I'm not denying. I'm only saying they were able to do that because just like when Europe went through its renaissance and stopped being cave dwellers, when it went through its renaissance, it was because they didn't have to fight any wars. Over the time that Egypt was now the most populous and biggest and wealthiest country, they didn't have to fight a war. Only thing they had to do was turn their sights on science and math and building and all of and astronomy and all of these different things that made Egypt great. And the bottom line is that wouldn't have happened without the little Hebrew boy named Yosef. Don't let nobody take your, take your power away from you. Let somebody else roll around, y'all going to, I, 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 I don't even understand. Israelites call me, you going to the, to the debates? With who? Who we debating? We, we beating, we, we, we beating the, the Egypt Really? At this stage of, of our existence? Are you serious? I'm not debating Egyptians. 
I'm not debating Muslims. I'm not debating Christians. I'm not debating nobody. I got one job. Tell them who God is. That's it. That's my only job. Tell them who God is. And if you tell them who God is enough, they're going to realize who God ain't. I don't have to, I don't have to fight with you. I don't have to argue with you. This is the great king. Just, that's it. So I, I pray that somewhere along the line that everyone in this room, please listen to me. Think about your family. Think about what things you could do to de-escalate the trouble in your own house. Not, and men, I got to tell you, follow your father, your hood in this one. Be a man. Message. Sometimes you got to take the lump. Sometimes you, you, you're not getting out of it uh, uh, unscathed. That, that other woman going to be mad because you didn't do it right in the first place. This is the season of me starting to talk about things that y'all don't want to hear. But it's okay. Because we're going to start talking about all these relationships we got going. Nobody wants to talk about it. Everybody want to tell you mind your business. Everybody wants to say this, that, nuts thing. But we got children that are growing up watching what we do. And learning to do exactly what we did. And then when they do it, you want to beat them. You ain't supposed to be doing that. You look in them in their face while you doing it and telling them it's not righteous. It's not godly. And they're scared to say to you, well, Abba, Ema, that, ain't that what you're doing? Because they need your hand. <laughs> hand coming. You gotta stop. Because if we don't stop it, God is not going to be on our side. And you need to know he don't need any of us. The whole world is waking up knowing that he's God. I'm trying to tell you right now, God is allowing me to go here and there. And these people are saying, this is who I am. This is who I am. Teach me. I, I just want to Put your hand on me. Sorry, God, I'm telling you, put your hand on us, right? Put your hand on us in the name of God, plus no advocacy, no, no holiness, calling. He'll tell you, we felt uncomfortable. Sorry, God, when we went to Nigeria, we were supposed to go as my security officer. We are, I didn't need no security. I need another minister. Go in there, get a robe. 
to come out and minister to these people. They were crawling on me. Please, pray. Just put your hand on While we sitting around thinking that God needs us. Better get it together. Better recognize who he is. This is the great one. And he will move you and get the next one. May his name be glorified and praised. May he forever be in glory from the mouth of his people, from the actions of his people, from the works of his people, that the world may know that he is God. That he can rescue and redeem us from all of these troubles, all of this pain and dysfunction and terror and dread. That he can do it because we know that he can. We bless and thank his name forever. May the most high God be blessed. Hallelujah. Pray. We pray that um, he'll hear our prayers. We're going to close out this portion of our day thanking the Most High God for all of his goodness. Hero Israel, Yehoah our God. Yes, Toda, got to do the Elena. Misharate is right. On page 98, we find a prayer called Elena. I read this prayer because uh, it's just the absolute truth. It behooves us to praise the Lord of all, to ascribe greatness to him who formed the world in the beginning, that he has not made us like other nations of other lands and hath not placed us like other families of the earth, that he has not given unto us a portion as unto them nor a lot as unto all their multitude. For we bend the knee and prostrate ourselves and make acknowledgement before the supreme king of kings, the holy one, blessed be he, who stretched forth the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth, the abode of whose glory is in heaven above, whose dwelling, whose majesty is upon the loftiest heights. He is our God and there is none else. In truth, he is our king and there is none besides him. As it is written in his law, know therefore this day and lay it to thy heart that the Lord, he is God in heaven above and upon the earth beneath, there is none else. And therefore we hope in thee, O Lord our God, that we may speedily behold the glory of thy might. When thou remove the abominations from the earth and the idols shall be utterly cut off. When the world shall be sent unto the kingdom of the Almighty and all the children of flesh shall call upon thy name. When thou wilt turn unto thyself all the wicked of the earth and all the inhabitants of the world shall know and acknowledge that unto thee every knee must bend and every tongue must swear. Before thee, O Lord our God, shall they kneel and fall, and they shall give honor to thy glorious name. They shall all accept the yoke of thy kingdom, and over them thou speedily reign forever and ever, for the kingdom is thine. And to all eternity wilt thou reign in glory. As it is written in thy law, the Lord shall reign forever and ever. And it is said, and the Lord shall be king of all the earth. In that day shall the Lord be one, and his name one. Hear, O Yisrael, Yehovah God, Yehovah is one. Shema Yisrael.
of all the earth. Serve the whole with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us. And we are his, his people, and the flock of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Give thanks unto him, and bless his name. For Jehovah is good, his mercy endureth forever, and his faithfulness unto all generations. Hallelujah! There's none but you, Father God. Blessed is the mighty, everlasting King of all the worlds. Almighty Father, God of all that there is, we come before you on this, the Shabbat day of holy rest, with our thanksgiving and our praises upon our lips. We thank you for all the millions of ways you've blessed us in the last seven days alone. We don't exaggerate because we can't see what you do. We only experience your blessing by being alive this very moment. Bless us all, oh God, our God. Bless us individually and bless us as a family, a congregation, a nation under the true and living creator of all that there is. And we thank you for this house of prayer where we come together to call upon you and your mighty and your glorious name. We thank you for our rabbi, Rabbi Baruch Yehuda, and for the important truth you breathed into him for this day that we might learn more about the dynamics that are taught in the family structure of our ancient forefathers and mothers. We thank you for his life. Bless all of his family and all of his household. We thank you for Ema Ayalu, Father God. Keep us safe and strong, we pray. We thank you for our elder Hamore, More Mishael. And we pray for your continual blessing upon him and upon all of his family and all of his household. We thank you for Adon Yeroi Yehuda. And we pray for your continual blessing upon him and upon all of his family and household. We thank you for Adon Yariel Ben Levi. And we pray for your continual blessing upon him Amen. and upon all of his family and household. We thank you for our Ima Ora, Father God, and her presence here this day. Bless her continually, we pray. We thank you for the life of Ima Bathsheba. Now there is a distance to travel in this snowstorm, but take good care of her at home or wherever she may be, Father God. We thank you for our Ima Ketora, her courage, and her stick-to-itiveness over all the years of serving you, and how she held up even in great loss. Continually bless her, Father God, we pray. We thank you for all of our mothers, Holy Father. We pray that you bless our fathers and mothers and sisters and brothers and sons and daughters, husbands and wives, aunties, 
little ones, family members near and far, those who know you and those who know you now. Bless us. Bless us all, dear God. And bless my rib, Father God. Bless Princess Rib Keep her safe and strong. And bless all of our loved ones. Our children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren, they are experiencing a little trouble just now. Keep them in mind. Holy Father, we pray. We do pray to you because there is none but you. You're the only source. You're the only supply. Bless all of them that are so involved with the upkeep of this place, dear God, who sacrifice their time and their strength to work for this house and to show love to one another. We thank you for our Gevera Deborah and for our Gevera Shashana and for our Gevera Rosha. Bless these women of God, Holy Father, and all of their families and households. Let the prosperity of the eternal enter into them. For they need as much as they give and even more. Oh God, our God. We thank you so much for Geberit Yehudi Yehuda. She brings the love of the eternal power with her when she moves. She said the snow don't stop her from doing nothing. Bless all the men of God, Holy Father. I saved them for the last because I need for your empowerment to be with us, dear God. When the men stand forth as men, then your power is within us. And then we can do your will the way we are supposed to do in the sight of all the people to give glory unto your mighty and your glorious name. Holy Father, bless the families that had to come here for the reasons of mourning and have still stayed on. Bless all of them who travel far to be in this house today and guard their lives. And when they do leave, take them upon the wings of your love to their home, the wings of your love to their homes and destinations. We thank you that you hear our prayers, oh God. We thank you that you answer our prayers. So bless us all with your forgiveness and your guidance and your love. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen.
praise and honor to the king of the universe. Blessed be his name. Thanking him for this opportunity to be in his courts on this holy Shabbat day. We look now to the most high God to be dismissed. I believe the word has been given that we are going to eat lunch and then dismiss you um, so that um, you don't get caught in the snow because it's still coming down to my understanding pretty heavy. Um, so we want to um, make sure everybody gets home safe. We look now to the most high God to be dismissed. Now you hold a ticket bill, I'm leaving now the feet, talk about the day, I'll go on and keep it, and then rock on time and two young. We ain't keep on car. Give it a car, you hold a yeesh, my dear car. Yahir, you hold a now, a lay car, we could air car. He saw you hold a now, a lay car, we are simply car, shalom. May your whole bless thee and keep thee. May your whole cause his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. May your whole turn his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Please, please find it in your heart to support our cause. The Benega Dot Fire Relief Fund. You can send your donations to GoFundMe.com forward slash help Benega Dot. We greatly appreciate you and your efforts to help rebuild a pinnacle in our community.